0: Today, the U.S. begins pulling troops out of Afghanistan as Joe Biden caves to the Taliban. Cuomo's New York death count from COVID is corrected and rescue dogs shot dead over COVID restrictions. Yeah, That one is going to anger you. We've got a lot coming up today and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, today I am, as you can see, not in studio. Unfortunately, I don't think they're ever letting me back in the building. I think I'm going to show up and I'm going to use my key card and it's not going to work anymore. And then security is going to bring me a box of my stuff and just be like, uh, here's your things. Here you go. Uh, carry on your way. But we will see if I get back into the studio this week sometime. Thankfully, there are two lovely ladies over there holding down the fort for me. We have once again, Sydney Watson, Blaze TV host of the upcoming show, You Are Here, whose hair looks absolutely phenomenal today.
1: Thank you, Sarah. No, you know what it is? (laughs) I finally showered. That's what that is. That's me washing (laughs) it and then going, oh, I only do one hairstyle and this is it, but at least it's clean, right? I mean, that's at least it's clean.
0: I think it looks <laughs> lovely. I wish my hair would do that. Uh, also, we are joined once again by Lisa Reynolds, political commentator, Lisa Reynolds, who again, I'm sorry. I th- I meant, I thought that I, we would be able to meet in I studio, know. but thank that's... you. Thank you for being back.
2: No, thank you for having me. One of these days we'll get there.
0: Yes. Yeah. It w- I mean, again, if I get back in the building, <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I Maybe it's that's... a sign. Maybe they're just
1: like, you know what, lady, we got to keep you at home forever. This is it. This is a new world order starting at
0: blaze. Well, yeah, because everyone's like, everyone has to work from home now after COVID, right? Mm -hmm. They're like finding all of these people can just work from home. Maybe they're just like, you know what? We don't want to really have the studio space anymore um, for Sarah. We don't really want to have a dressing room for her anymore. We're just going to take her back home. I'll take your dressing room. I'll do that. (laughs) We'll trade. No, wait. (laughs) No, wait. (laughs) Uh, All right. So let's get into the headlines of the day. So I know this is going to feel like, Groundhog Day. I feel like we just talked about all of these topics when you guys were here last on Monday. But unfortunately, here we are again. Uh, The United States has begun pulling troops out of Afghanistan in preparation for all of the forces to exit the country by August 31st. Um, Now, this is, of course, after all of the G7 leaders met and urged by met with and urged Biden uh, to push back that timetable. They said, hey, We have people over there, too, and we really could use the U.S. forces. We really don't want you leaving that soon. It's going to kind of put us all in a pickle. And Joe Biden, of course, said, no, um, I'm just going to listen to the Taliban instead. I'm not going to listen to our allies. Uh, I would rather negotiate, quite literally negotiate with terrorists. So that is what uh, Joe Biden has decided to do. And um, this comes, of course, as news surfaces that the Taliban is now blocking Westerners from Kabul airport, even more so uh, than already before. So um, they've expanded their airport blockade uh, that uh, Americans you know, and foreigners uh, are trying to get through. And uh, along with that, if that wasn't bad enough, Private flights, which by the way, our very own uh, Glenn Beck and the Nazarene Fund have been just so amazing on top of this. I think they've raised over $28 million to try to get Christians out of Afghanistan. Um, uh, Private flights like them, they are also uh, finding a bunch of um, growing obstacles. This is according to the Wall Street Journal. And um, the Taliban is saying, obviously only foreigners will be allowed to access the airport for evacuation. But then when you look at the blockades and you look at the systems that they have set up, they obviously are trying very hard to not let anyone actually get there. Um, Ladies, I know that we, we covered this on Monday, but... Obviously, they're not going to get all of the Americans out. Joe Biden is wrapping things up. They know that they have to start wrapping things up now in order to get everyone, all of the military off the ground. And apparently Joe Biden is far more concerned with not upsetting the Taliban than he is making sure to not leave Americans uh, in Afghanistan. Now, I do want uh, to the, add to the conversation before I toss it to you guys. I do find it interesting that every time that uh, the White House press secretary comes up on the podium and starts talking about this, they always say, well, if I mean, if these Americans want to come home, they can. Well, if they want, a re- like, I'm pretty sure they don't want to be stranded with the Taliban. I'm fairly certain, Like, I mean, call I me crazy. I, yeah. She's like, but, but, she's
2: like, if they want to come home, well, they all want to come home because they're all in jeopardy of being beheaded. Every single one of right. them wants to leave. Yeah,
1: decapitation is quite a uh, quite a motivator. Mm. I guess you could say that, yeah.
2: <laughs> but but there's other groups too. There's like there, there's you know, I know Glenn Beck's doing great work, but there's other private groups too. I, I was working with one that had over five thousand people on our list of Americans and and allies, like translators and things. Five thousand people on our list that we were gathering ourselves and we had private planes and we we got derailed too. But they are these these private companies, they're they're running these private people they're running into trouble and the the U.S. has only, I think, gotten American 4,400 or something like that. Americans out since this began. Mm-hmm. How many days do we have left? I mean, if there's 5,000 people on my list, and I, I'm sure there's way more on Glenn Beck's list. Um, and the know, government's list, too. I'm sure that there's people that there's, they want well, well, out. There just isn't enough time.
0: Mm. Well, listen, let me tell you, uh, Jen Psaki actually said during her last press conference, she said, well, if you know of people, you just give her their contact information and she'll make sure that they get out. She's
2: texting all of them. I'm sure they're in text and constant phone communications with the, you know, 10,000 or plus people. I think that we're only hearing about a tenth of, of the people that actually need to leave and really get out of there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was, I, she, she said in a press conference the other day that, and, and, I she might have walked this back because I mean it's Jen like let's be real she probably did but she said that no Americans are stranded in Afghanistan, or mm. maybe her language was in Kabul, but the point is no Americans yes. are stranded. And then what was remarkable to me is you go and read the comments of the pro-Biden people who defend this this uh, administration at every turn, and they constantly defend the ridiculous things that these people say, and they're going, well, technically they're not stranded because, you know, being stranded is where you have no options to get Well, I'm pretty sure you can't get to the airport, so there's no options to get out. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they're
2: in hiding until they can find a safe passage, which the Taliban is increasingly making harder as they're setting up these blockades Mm -hmm. towards towards the airport and then what i'm hearing too is that the state department is kind of putting a halt on people the military operations going and helping the private people that want to come in through these private things to get into the airport they're like nope it's our operation and so Mm -hmm. we're not helping them get past like the outside's into the military base so yeah. that they can the military like air flight, so they can get take off.
1: I think it's worth um, the the listeners and the watchers that are the watchers that are watching good language. Sydney. <laughs> I think it's worth people knowing that that Lisa, you actually work for Congress. So I mean, like you're yeah. actually seeing a lot of what's going on behind the scenes, the things that you know, S- Sarah and I don't get to see. I don't know, Sarah, do you get to see that? I, I definitely don't. <laughs> don't I I also I wish I I wish I did you know that would be fun you know we could
2: just troll them all day long you and me one dream team (laughs) I did used to do uh, Middle East foreign policy too but uh, but and so I have some contacts and we're trying to help Mm -hmm. on the ground here and you know you said earlier one of one of you said earlier that you know she said Kabul but really there's only like one safe area right now Mm -hmm. and that's penjir right and Mm -hmm. it's it is and that area is um, supported by the afghan resistance and they're growing mm-hmm. from what i'm understanding they're taking more land and if we set up like these safe zones for them we don't have to fight anybody that's what they did in iraq that's what they did in syria right that's how we beat the taliban in the first place mm-hmm. so if we set up these safe zones the u.s does it doesn't for, then none of these people need to be evacuated to other countries to the u.s they can go into these military safe zones they can help the panjir people by just keeping them safe and you know being able to survive and then they can fight the Taliban on their own mm-hmm. but that doesn't yeah. even seem to be an option to the Biden administration which is really scary because not only is this like bad for us internationally but it's a humanitarian crisis there's so many people that are sick and hungry and and now there's like NGOs that are trying to help out and and they don't want to fund terrorism mm-hmm. terrorism so they don't so they're they're not they're not providing any funding anymore so this is going to be like a a total devastation of Afghanistan, the poor Afghan people who don't agree with the Taliban.
1: Yeah, I think the word that you're looking for begins with the S-word that I'm not allowed to say on this show, but ends in show. So it's... (laughs) We there you. Got go. you. <laughs> we gotcha, Sydney. It's
0: like a little, it's a little riddle there for you. you it's like, a like, tiny, so tiny about.
1: little riddle from Sydney. Uh-huh. Can you work it out in the comments? Let me know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let us know in the comments. Exactly. Uh, all right. Let me let me add to this just insane debacle here. That uh, a government watchdog group says that the U.S. military. I mean, we knew that they were leaving behind really valuable equipment, but but here's how many they're saying. It's just mind blowing here. Uh, 75,000 vehicles, 600,000 weapons, and 208 aircraft in Afghanistan. Um, and in within those 75,000 military vehicles, that's 50,000 tactical vehicles, 20,000 Humvees. Uh, they control about 1,000 mine-resistant vehicles and 150 armored personnel carriers. So um, this is like a, just a giant war chest that we have now handed over to the Taliban, uh, you know, 20 years in Afghanistan, how much taxpayer money does that equal? Uh, I don't I don't even know how much just that equals, but apparently this watchdog, it's called Open the Books, uh, this watchdog group also was, they were able to tally up the equipment to be left behind, but those numbers are not even complete. So it probably is more than that. They said that they found a federal audit that detailed up to $200 million worth of drones that had disappeared. And we don't know where the 600,000 weapons are within the country. So, you know, it's, um, it's really difficult because you see all this and you're thinking, okay, um, obviously the Taliban can't just learn how to fly, uh, you know, drive a vehicle or fly a plane or whatever overnight, but eventually they will learn how to use our things uh, if they don't already know how now, and they will use all of these things to, you know, maybe sell, fund their terrorism. And next time there is an attack, should we, sh- I mean, it, it It'll feels be with a our lot like it's on America's hand, the blood is on America's hands. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that's such a, that's such a grim prospect though, to think that if there is another, te- well, when there is another terror attack, especially against Americans and I, and, and the allies, I think that that's important too, because mm-hmm. I mean, there are, there are people in countries to which America actually has um, an allegiance for, you know, whatever reason, even, even given Biden's uh, actions these days, I don't know how other countries are feeling about it all, but it's really distressing to actually consider Lisa, what you just said, that the fact that when there is this terror attack, it's going to be with America's own equipment. That is such a bizarre
2: concept. I mean, not even bizarre. This is a distressing concept. Your tax dollars at work. They're your tax dollars at hard at work. Yep. Yep. I mean, yep.
1: our tax yep. dollars are currently funding that weird, you know, poor poor office page of the dogs in the White House. That makes me feel good, too.
2: So I, I, I'm that? just disgusted with this whole situation. <laughs> it didn't have to. And, and, and like we said before, we, we talked about this at Nalizan no, before, but it didn't have to be like this. It just didn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why it does feel like Groundhog Day, because the more that you find out about this, the more information that comes to light, the more that we're told, oh, this is how many billions of dollars were spent on this kind of infrastructure in the country that was supposed to be helping Americans. That's now in the hands of the Taliban. Oh, here's all this information about the airport being caught off to people. Oh, here's all this information about people being stranded. And you and you listen to this again and again and again and again, and it really does. It feels like Groundhog Think Day. Think
2: about the gold star mothers who lost their, their children in afghanistan Mm -hmm. to fight the taliban only to have it be taken over by the taliban and then to have all their weapons and stuff in their hands it's it's heartbreaking like i'm sure that there's a lot of people suffering i mean i think the va has just set up hotlines for veterans that are having like distress issues about this this recent withdrawal Mm -hmm. so there's more tax dollars i mean granted we should help the vets whatever way we can but this is just siphoning money down the drain
1: yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that anybody who's been paying attention to what Afghanistan, well, I guess in reality, anybody who's been paying attention to what Afghanistan has been going through for the last hundred plus years. And I've said this on other shows as well. This was always, I think, inevitable. I mean, I, I don't think it really mattered which president and this is not a, a, a popular opinion among conservatives, but I don't really think it mattered which president did the pull out. I think we would have ended up here anyway, just because mm-hmm. Afghanistan has always been embroiled in war. Since, you know, the Russians have invaded. I mean, I know the Chinese have gotten their little fingers in that pot. There, there has
2: been so much conflict. I would agree with that. But if we just waited till like the cold season, we could mm-hmm. have had some, while they're not fighting, some time to at least get our people and the allies out because they wouldn't have been able to fight. So if you just waited a couple of months, but they needed that you know, for for their talking points that were out before this 9-11 anniversary, if they just Mm -hmm. waited, at least there could have been somewhat of a a safer evacuation plan for our our people and our allies. Sure.
1: And I'll I'll caveat what I just said by totally agreeing with you that we could have done it better and it could have happened better. And and Americans actually would be safe in that instance. The allies would be safe in that instance. You know, you would hope. Um, But I still think that it would have eventually it would have eventually gone this way, which
2: which is fine Mm -hmm. as long as our people are safe. I
1: mean, that's what matters.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yes. All right. Uh we've got more to come. First we want to though thank our sponsor iTarget Pro. So, um Now's the time, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but uh, the world is like really unstable around us. And um, now is the time to make sure that you are proficient with your firearm. I'm assuming you carry, if you don't, you should, all right. And iTarget Pro has the best way to do that. They have what is called, and I'm not making this up. It sounds like I'm making it up. It's called laser bullet, okay. And I'm I'm serious, you get it for whatever caliber you have. You put it in uh, the chamber. And it actually, it's just a laser bullet that you can keep dry firing. And it, if you download this app on your phone, and it actually, you shoot at this target and it keeps track of where you're shooting while you're shooting it. And you can keep shooting and shooting and shooting. And the best part of it is you don't have to pay for ammunition, which is through the roof right now. So you're saving money on ammunition, you're saving money on range fees, and you're still practicing with your weapon. Dry firing is so important. It helps you with muscle memory, with um, alignment for your gun, with like my, my 380 that I have is the longest pull of my life. And if I had not practiced with iTarget Pro, I would not have gotten as proficient as I am with it now. So you've got to use it. If you have a dad or a grandpa, or I don't want to be sexist, a mom, someone who really you could use this, it pays for itself in like one, use because of all of the money that you're saving on ammunition and range fees. You got to go to itargetpro.com. If you use promo code NEWS, you will get 10% off plus free shipping with offer code NEWS over at itargetpro.com. Yesterday, we brought you uh, the story of Andrew Cuomo on his last day in office decided to uh, you know, just pardon a whole bunch of murders. The, the true New York way, uh, Andrew Cuomo. And he also, unfortunately for him, was stripped of his International Emmy because of not, not because of all of the people that he killed by sending them to their deaths in nursing homes, um, but he because he sexually harassed women. So uh, the, the killing the people, making sure to send the COVID positive patients into the nursing homes and kill people, not as important as the sexual harassment scandal when you're on the left. Uh, However, New York Governor Kathy Hochul has acknowledged today that an additional 12,000 COVID-19 deaths occurred during the Cuomo administration that were uh, then were previously reported by the state. So she is updating their COVID-19 death count. And that is an increase of more than 25% since just Monday's data. Uh, She says that they want to be, she wants to be transparent. She says transparency will be the hallmark of my administration. And uh, by the way, I found this very interesting. Uh, The Cuomo administration also excluded people who likely died of COVID-19, but never got a positive test to confirm the diagnosis uh, from all of the figures that they used in media briefings. It seems to be the exact opposite of what Everyone else seemed to be doing all of the hospitals, all of the places that were getting. You know, obviously, when there was a uh, a a number, a financial incentive tied to the COVID nineteen uh, death, all of a sudden we saw very, you know, beheaded, probably COVID nineteen motorcycle accident, probably COVID nineteen. But over there in Cuomo land, uh, he excluded the people who likely died of. COVID nineteen. What do you what do you guys think? Is this is this really gonna be a transparent administration in New York of all places?
2: <laughs> no. I, I don't I don't trust anything that comes out of any New York governor ever.
1: So. Yeah, I just don't trust any politician. Like
2: I mean that's I know a couple good ones, but they're few and far between.
1: Yeah, I was going to say they're sort of in the minority, uh, you know, of the uh, besides the ones who are consistently trying to line their own pockets with taxpayer money. They're my favorite kind. I
2: think they're I, a lot of fun. I think the bigger point in the story is that we're talking about deaths, deaths, like, and he's covering them up, right? There's a cover up of deaths and that is not what it took to get him out of office. It was more of the woke ideology stuff that got him... Removed rather than actual people's lives, which he is somewhat responsible for. That's what's scary. It's that this leftist ideology trumps everything else, including human lives.
1: Yeah, but they do use the deaths now as leverage and ammunition for continuing to have us in lockdown and quarantines and mask mandates so it's it's this weird i get what you're saying it's this very odd on one hand this is like weird dichotomy almost on one hand it matters it only matters to to these people and on the other hand they ignore it when it's convenient to them which i guess in a a lot of ways goes to show well how important is the death of americans to
2: you does it actually matter they wanted to push that hit the way that his lockdown measures were the way to go. Yeah. And so if he had an extraordinary amount of deaths, then they didn't want that reported. Mm-hmm. Right. But but what what it wasn't that he was killed, that all these people died and that he's covering it up. It's that the, you know, the sexual harassment trumped, trumped yeah. how many people how many people died so it's it's yeah. all about the whole thing as you can see is still just focusing on and now that she, she of course she wants to be transparent about the numbers because that will say hey look all these people are dying we need to we need to still make sure that we're getting everybody vaccinated because then it was the masks and it was the social distancing it wasn't the vaccine at that point when these twelve thousand died now it can be the now vaccine. they can use that and they'll they'll use it for the man for the mandate to get, mm-hmm. to get vaccine, the, yeah. vaccine
1: passports, and yeah. they'll probably continue to hide how many deaths there are. I mean, not that I mean, well, look, I don't know how. It how it much it'll,
0: it'll be good. It'll be good to mandate uh, a vaccine that actually doesn't work. To prevent um covid so hey, that'll be Sarah, great to did that you happen.
1: not know that that's how uh that's how the government operates for everything they they pronounce they decide that they, that we're going to have a war against something and then we do mm-hmm. things to uh to prevent the thing that they don't want to happen from happening and then uh, a bunch more people die it's it's bloody great <laughs> i love this country yeah they're wonderful they're really really good at that mm-hmm, um, beautiful. let
0: me let me bring up let me bring up sydney i know this is going to be uh kind of hitting probably a little too close to home for you uh mm-hmm. being from Australia, but a couple stories. Number one from Australia, this was the, now th- this happened in 2020, but a new report has just uh, uncovered it that there were four newborn babies uh, in Adelaide over in Australia who died after COVID 19 uh, restrictions prevented travel. So um, because the babies needed to be transported, um they were not the the uh, Australia would not let them do that and uh the babies actually ended up dying um which is just absolutely horrifying to me to hear and then on top of that as well uh we have rescue dogs that were shot dead in Australia by um a council due to coronavirus restrictions so they um they killed the dogs to prevent volunteers from traveling to pick up the animals because of COVID nineteen. Um, Sydney, what the hell's going on in in Australia?
1: Well, yeah, that you're right. This is this is very close to home. Uh, and I if I, I do get I'm try I do when I talk about this, try not to get like emotional or angry. I think anger is probably Well, I thing. saw I listen, I saw
0: you I'm just saying I saw you cry on Elijah's show. So <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, and definitely. anybody who's followed me for any length of time knows that like expressing feelings for me is not the most comfortable place to be. And I think I've cried twice <laughs> in the entire time that I've been doing this, which is uh, just over three years now. But yeah, so as far as this story about the newborns goes, effectively for people who haven't seen it or read about it, the long and short of it is that this uh, hospital in Adelaide did not have the appropriate heart equipment. So the only hospital that did is, is the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, where I'm from. Um, the, the currently the communist state uh, of Victoria. <laughs> so effectively, rather than transporting the babies over there, which they couldn't do, they they just, you know, obviously opted to have them die instead. And the thing that people don't realize, and I think Americans need must be aware of this, not just need to be, but must be aware of this, is the fact that these are not isolated stories. And if you actually go and take some time and look into this, what you'll find is that a tremendous amount of people have either passed away under very, very tragic, sad circumstances, either because they were denied access to particular hospitals in different states and what have you, or their families weren't able to get to see them before they passed. And it's bizarre because there's no... There's the humanism, like the, 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 the uh, relation to just being a decent moral human being has completely gone out the window in Australia. And I'll say this much for the people in New South Wales, in Victoria in particular, which currently, for people who don't know, are under some of the strictest, most psychotic anti-science regulations, mandates, lockdowns, etc., in the entirety of the country. So up in um, Queensland and WA, they're doing a little better. I mean, I still think that it's it's 1984 on steroids. But Victoria and, and New South Wales are so jacked. So, so, so jacked that even my family who's still back there, they call me and, and even my brother texted me yesterday and he said, Sydney, I am I've never been this depressed in my life.
2: They're torturing them. It's torture. But this goes to show you, their mandates are not about saving lives. Well, they're not. They're not at right? all they're, in any capacity. They're not about saving lives. They're so obsessed with the narrative of, like, it, from what I understand in Australia, is, like, no spread at all. They're trying to get to zero, yes. They're trying to get to yep. zero spread. So if they get to zero spread... But but the whole point of getting to zero spread is to, like, prevent people from dying, right? Yes, But yes. you're letting people die... And you're killing to dogs. ...to prevent people from dying.
1: And you're killing so animals. So they
2: clearly, they clearly don't care about life
1: no they don't I mean and the thing is about fact, power exactly and the fact of the matter is and this is sorry guys that I'm monologuing here but the fact of the matter is when it comes to Australia and I saw the writing on the wall when I left and I had this big conversation with my parents and I said I love Aussies to death they're wonderful people they're good people they're hard-working people but they just don't care enough and I don't know what it's going to take for them to wake the hell up and and get out of the way of the government and stop thinking that daddy government and the state knows because the state doesn't know anything. I'm trying not to swear. I'm sorry, producers. The state doesn't know anything about anything and you put so much emphasis on what they have to say about this arbitrary set of lockdowns and mandates and it's like, why do they know any better than you do? I wish Aussies would just get mad but then they take to the streets and they get shot at. They do.
2: Didn't you just Mm -hmm. tell me though that they're trying to make um, his authority permanent now?
1: Oh yeah, in Victoria, get this there. You're going to want fling your you know self off the balcony i hope you have a balcony <laughs> don't fling yourself off it though that would be tragic we need beautiful women <laughs> in the world um, no in in, in victoria um, the the current premier whose name is daniel andrews who is a fill in the swear words that sydney wants to say here um, yeah. he and, and he's been a totalitarian sob for the most part and um, they're trying to make it so that his uh, emergency powers are permanent
0: Permanent! Wow. Sorry that I'm yelling.
1: <laughs> so
2: it's, it's never been about lives,
0: it's no, about
1: power. No, it's about power and it's, oh, you know what? And I, I wanna say this too, Sarah, I'm so sorry, but yeah, you've, you've kicked ahead. me off now. People need to understand I, that I this premier has give, gave himself a pay raise right in the middle of COVID. This man has lost no money. He's given himself a pay raise while you sit at home, you know, like basically going through your your little dollar bills going, oh, can I afford afford bloody food this week? Not allowed to go six miles from your own home. Can't go three miles from your own home. Three miles. This guy is sitting here going, oh, just give himself a pay raise. Yeah, sounds good. Mm. They are terrorists mm. in Australia. I love Aussies. Please, bloody. The queen
2: needs to do something. Make a, make a plea to the queen.
1: I've always made the argument. See, our queen, the queen can actually fire the government for people who don't know. Uh, maybe it's time maybe it's time maybe
0: Maybe it is time uh (laughs) all right we've got more to come first we want to thank our sponsor built bar so um i was living off of built bar last week and i was really glad to have it um because i just i couldn't i just didn't want to eat anything and built bar was the only thing that i was like okay i can handle built bar because not only is it healthy? So I know that I'm putting something in my body that is good. It's low calorie, it's low carb, uh, it's high in protein and fiber, but it also tastes delicious. So for those of you who are on a diet, um, if I know it's like the D word, you know, oh my gosh, I said diet. But if you're on a diet or if you're just watching what you're eating, watching your weight, whatever you'd like to call it, You've got to try built Bars. They are all covered in 100% chocolate. There's a ton of different flavors. You feel like you're cheating. You feel like you're cheating on your diet, but you're not. You are still going to stay uh, within that appropriate calorie range because the built Bars are so good and so low calorie. Uh, by the way, try a mix box when you go to the website and you can figure out uh, which of the flavors you like the most. And then you can buy a ton of boxes of those, line your pantry shelves with them so that you can always have a healthy snack nearby. You can go to Built. Dot com. If you use promo code NEWS15, you will get 15% off of your order. That is only at BUILT, B U I L T, built.com, promo code NEWS15. Uh, kind of wrapping up our conversation on COVID. Delta Airlines just uh, notified their employees that they will face $200 monthly increases on their health insurance premiums starting November 1st. If they are not vaccinated against COVID, by the way, that will not be the only restriction they face. Uh, They will still have to wear masks. So this includes indoor masking effective immediately and weekly COVID-19 tests starting September 12th. Uh, So they obviously are trying to drive up vaccination rates. Now Delta said, came out and said, look, our, our, um, our insurance rates for providing insurance for people who are going to the hospital. uh, The average hospital stay for COVID-19 has cost Delta $50,000 per person. And this surcharge will be necessary to address the financial risk uh, in the decision not to vac, the decision to not vaccinate is creating for our company. Um, Now, I just kind of have a a question on this, which is, will Delta also sign a form acknowledging that they would be financially liable Mm -hmm. if someone were to go out and get the vaccine because Delta told them to, and all of a sudden end up in the hospital because they had a reaction to the vaccine. I'm just wondering if Delta would go ahead and sign on and acknowledge uh, financial liability there um, since they're so concerned about financial liability when it comes to people going to the hospital with COVID. Uh, Ladies.
1: Of course they won't. Yeah, I was gonna say, Sarah, this is what what was this like backwards day? No. Of course, they're I not going to do that. I'm, I'm
0: asking. I'm asking for it to make too much sense.
2: I realize. <laughs> like, what about what about obese people? Are we gonna? Are, are they gonna do that for them too? Or people uh, with uh, with STDs, or
1: people with uh, other transmittable things? You were talking about this um, on on the show on uh, the other the other day when we were both on just before. I, di- I don't know what day or what the week it is. I don't it's, remember. I'm confused.
2: Life is bizarre. But wait, no, like what about all with these tuberculosis? Just yeah.
1: spit in someone's face. Just give them. Oh, some, I was some saying bacteria. that. Uh, it's like, isn't it
2: funny that you don't need a vaccine passport or you don't need to talk about your status to go to the movie theater if you have TB or if you have hepatitis C or any thing. of these really tragically contagious you know conditions Illnesses. you don't need passwords mm-hmm. for that but but this is like okay well then are you going to make you know obese people people who eat unhealthy pay extra too for the for the cost that you incur because i guarantee you have more overweight employees going to the hospital mm-hmm. than you do and covid patients yep, going to the hospital yep. or heart disease patients yep. going to the hospital
1: you know it's funny because even um, elijah schaefer one of the other hosts here at blaze he posted a, an article to twitter that was talking about how businesses and employers now are looking at um basically putting a surcharge like a fifty dollar surcharge on people for again not getting the vaccination now whether or not i can't remember
2: off the top of my head restaurants they were like there was like covid Mm -hmm. charges Mm -hmm. and that no this was for
1: this was for like businesses like corporate businesses that now charging or talking about charging their employees effectively or docking their pay i believe it was someone someone find this article and 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 fix what i'm saying on this but i believe it was docking their (laughs) pay like fifty dollars guys i don't know my head's a sieve. I don't know. I, just, I wash my hair and then I get done. All of it's wrong. Yeah. All, all of it is wrong.
2: I, I don't think that employers should be in the business of health insurance and providing health insurance anyway, right? Like, so, yeah. you know, health insurance used to be you would you would get, you would would get go to the doctor for your regular maintenance, like a car. And then mm-hmm. if something catastrophic happened, you pay a deductible and your insurance kicks in, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what we have now. We have like this never ending cycle of fees that you don't know what anything costs. And now, you know, it, it only, you have to. You're paying for, like, uh, just to be able to go to the doctor. Like, no, you should be able to pay. Like, you pay to get your oil changed, right? You don't use your car insurance for that. Mm -hmm. Pay for your basic maintenance of your own life. Take care of yourself and then get insurance for catastrophic things.
1: I mean, I know that that's not the basis of what we're talking about here, but, but, but I know I wanna, I wanna qualify this. As an Aussie who's moved to the US, Your and you guys already probably know this, uh, except for the hand handful of agree. people who defend this until they're blue in the face, but your system <laughs> is so jacked that uh, I just go, you know what, uh, I, would, I would maybe rather die than go through the medical system. I broke my foot when I lived in DC, Lisa can qualify this. I waited till I got back to Australia to get x-rays because it's too bloody expensive, and, and my health insurance back home is affordable.
2: Well, anyway, to that's my that caveat. To my for point this. is, is that these employers, if they're going to do it for the COVID condition that, or not for not being conditions? vaccinated, sure, then you should do it for people with, uh, you know, heart disease or that lead risky lives or engage in risky behavior that leads to. COVID, hepatitis, uh, any, anything else that you can be seriously hospitalized for.
1: Yeah, but then you end up with a situation where, and I know that this is the, I know this is the overarching um, statement here for people who want to read, in, you know, read between the lines, but then you have businesses basically mandating what you can and cannot do, which is obviously not the free society yeah, clearly, that I don't live want any of that to
2: happen. They should just stop, is my of point. Of course. But <laughs> it's just totally ridiculous, all of this.
1: Yeah. As Sarah says, if it makes too much sense, it's just, it's not viable.
2: Yeah,
0: you
1: can't can't do it. It it
0: makes too much sense. It's out of the question. Uh, All right, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, American Hartford Gold. So, um, if you watch this program, especially, you definitely have noticed that uh, the state of our nation is changing. And I mean, like, not for the better right now. Uh, It seems to just get worse and worse every day. And of course, with that, so has the world's rock solid confidence in the US dollar. Um, I'm sure it has nothing to do with our government's ridiculous out of control spending. No, nothing to see here with that. So uh, a lot of people still think that there are dark days ahead for the dollar. That is why now more than ever, you've got to diversify. Okay. Um, diversify your portfolio, diversify your portfolio diversify your portfolio. All right, please. Uh, I recommend that you diversify with uh, uh, American Hartford Gold. All right. They sell physical gold and silver. They deliver it right to your door or inside of your IRA. They make it very, very easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now today, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order. So uh, don't sleep on that. All right. Call them now. You can go to, I'm sorry, you can call 855 929 1110. That is 855-929-1110, or text FREEDOM, that's the word FREEDOM, to 65-32. All right, you guys will like this one uh, as we wrap up our COVID talk. A jail in Washington state is offering inmates ramen noodles uh, to get the coronavirus <laughs> vaccine. So this is Benton County Jail. And uh, they're calling the program "Soup for Shots," although I don't know that you can that you can call. A packet of ramen noodles, the the pa- you know the packets that I'm talking mm-hmm. about. I eat, I'm not every day.
2: I eat the you beef can't. flavor oh, of the marriage month every day. I know it's so bad. I do. I'm not even gonna lie about it. As long as it's not the top ramen if it's the beef marriage month, that's what i so eat.
1: you're just you're picky about it then. I am. it has to be a very special And I don't even like
2: drown it out with like water in the broth there. Nope. I it. just take the noodles out and put the packet in them so they're like noodles. Well I we know, know now gross. that
1: Lisa's never allowed back in the <laughs> studio. Um, <laughs> I'm
2: so not even gonna lie about it.
0: <laughs> so Lisa, how does it how does it make you feel that what you are eating is like a uh, apparently a hot commodity in a Washington jail.
2: I, I hear that it is a hot commodity, but do you know how, like inexpensive they are? So like, I mean, <laughs> they're for a pack of ramen. It's like for like twelve in a pack. It's like two dollars. You're like
1: an expert at this. I really love it. You, like you, I'm not even gonna lie. So what, it's like two fifty why. or
2: whatever. They're like ten cents a pack or fifty. I forget what they are, but they're cheap, right? For like a, you get two dollars. Mm. Anyway, that's all it's Should worth to, put, to you to put. Something uh, well, you don't know, know in your body. Okay, so
0: so that was so that was where I was going with this. So it's called soup for shots. And um, they are distributing 900 packets of noodle of the the ramen noodle soup to 90 inmates by Monday. They said, to encourage and support COVID vaccination efforts, the Benton County Department of Corrections will be providing each inmate that starts their vaccination series with 10 free ramen noodle soups. And there's three exclamation points. So, you know, it's very exciting. Uh, so <laughs> That's I, the know, whole 250, uh, 250 per 10.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like one, two dollars fifty cents. I know. I love it. It's like these people can <laughs> smuggle in drugs and stuff, but it's like we got you. We got we got them. We got them noodles for you. That's you know, much that's really better. really funny. They
2: probably you know how they were giving away pot for shots in uh, huh. in D.C. Like inmates probably if you really want to get them vaccinated, give give them pot and and or and, and or, and jail. or beer or I don't know cocaine maybe some hamburgers. I mean other people are getting cheeseburgers.
1: Lisa, cheese Lisa, 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 Lisa. Think about it. If you've been locked up. And you, you want a cheeseburger? No, you're going straight for that, like that black tar heroin. That's what you're about. <laughs> that's your that's your life now.
2: Smuggle that in instead. I, mean, I love ramen, but like <laughs> you
1: know, you're saying that you love ramen me, more
2: than heroin. Treat me a little bit better <laughs> than that. Give me a cheeseburger.
1: I just would like a, a whole thing of maybe some chocolate bars. I mean, I have the worst sweet tooth in the world. This is it's bad. I'm a I'm a
0: I'm this like is a terrible. This okay, is bad. But, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Has there been one? I can't think of one, not one single, uh, program that has tried to gear, uh, the American people towards just, I don't know, trying to be more healthy in order to fight COVID. Or I mean, even if the vaccine was partnered with like just some sort of incentive that was about someone's health, but we're seeing ramen noodles. We see hamburgers, donuts, Mm. all of these things. It's almost. As if the government wants us sick and dependent on them. Imagine that. Hmm. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah well, I mean—that's a conspiracy theory, though. My my tinfoil hat,
2: like I say all the time, is getting tighter and tighter by the minute. I'm just piling them on. I'm just
0: impressed that you have one. Where do I
2: get one? I'll make one for you. Thank, Thank we'll you, Sarah.
1: Hat. I mean, we'll we'll be a brigade. It'll be great. Tinfoil hats for everyone. No, I mean the reality is right that, and I and I think that this is so true. If people actually gave a crap about being healthy, and I love this—you know—I love it when people go, "But it's about health," or "Oh, well, we need to do this to keep people healthy and safe." And it's like, well, I—I I, I hate to break it to you, Susan, but potentially <laughs> what is healthier uh, than injecting yourself with, you know, with with foreign pathogens and, and whatever, and but you know, eating donuts and beers and and your ramen noodles and what have you. Maybe going to the gym. I don't know. Eat mm-hmm. a broccoli.
2: Oh, maybe complain less <laughs> of your husband. I don't know. Maybe that's I why I got COVID because I eat ramen and I don't go to the gym. Maybe there you if, go. if I ate, ramen, I didn't eat ramen. I went to the gym and I led a healthy, healthy lifestyle. I wouldn't have gotten COVID. I, maybe you're right, Sydney.
0: I, I'm well, I don't think it's about not getting COVID, but it's about how your body reacts not dying from, from covid is well, probably line, probably, probably the them, qualifier there yeah mm.
2: but the point is is that if this <laughs> if the vaccine if the vaccine if the virus was that deadly and the vaccine was that effective would you need to bribe these people with no. terrible things for them no if those from packets are so salty you know, salt in them? you wouldn't have to bribe people with terrible things mm-hmm. for them in order for them to get it they would just be lining up for it but, but the but the, vac- but the virus isn't that deadly mm-hmm. and the vaccine isn't that effective and so now we have to bribe people with no, and,
1: and it's an impasse and then everybody explodes the end yeah I'm out Sarah, I don't know why you brought me on today i'm I'm, uh, I'm just bringing the team I th- down I'm, I think I'm we're, just both,
0: we're
2: both a little hen today are you go. sorry <laughs>
0: <gasps> no it's okay I well you know what you guys are bringing the uh the sass to the table that I can't bring because they won't let me back in the building
1: I know I miss you so, I just want to see your, your like your little pocket rocket you know self walking through yeah it Sarah <laughs> <laughs> you know it's nice All right. uh, Sarah Sarah's uh she's a, she's a good egg uh, please don't please don't not be able to ever come back I'll be
0: very sad
2: one of these days Sarah <laughs> I'll get to meet you in person and it'll be good yes
0: Yes, I'm I'm I am banging down the doors tomorrow, damn it. All right, I, we got to take a break. We'll be back. I do love round. All right, don't forget to go to wherever you get your audio podcast. You got to subscribe, rate and review the news and why it matters. Not only will it help more people be able to find the podcast, but you also might see your review read live on air, like the one today from four little butterflies who says doing amazing work in difficult times. I love this podcast and use it as my go-to news and discussion program. Love the different guests like Elijah Schaefer, Yaku Buyens, Eric July, Chad Prather and the rest. And of course, love Sarah Gonzalez, her reactions mirror my own, uh, I appreciate that. So ladies, I was trying to think of, cause I like to think of fun things for people to do whenever they go to leave the review, which I know they're about to go and do because I just asked them so nicely to do it. And I was thinking um, that they should leave their best idea for like a band name for the three of us.
1: Oh, I'm a, I'm. yeah, no, I'm on board with that. Mm-hmm.
0: I like, like that, yes. It's like Chicago, but but three brunettes, like Mm -hmm. surely they can come up with something creative, right? Definitely
1: fun. Yeah, I like that. Yes. Sarah, we're on board. We concur. Yeah, I'm in.
0: Okay. All right. (laughs) I'm really excited about it too, actually. Yeah. Give us your best, give us your best band name. Or Sarah, Sydney, and Lisa. <laughs> or no, or, I
1: don't, or, I, or, or, or. Why are teams. we in a band? I don't know.
0: Or we could be I don't a crime-fighting team. I don't know team. why we're in a band. I would like a name we for us start. as a
1: crime-fighting team. A crime-fighting team? Mm-hmm.
0: Crime-fighting team. That's way better than yep, band. There we go. Scratch the band. We're going crime-fighting. Crime fighting okay. Team. Best crime-fighting team name for us. So Leave fired. it in mm. the review. And back.